Good morning, and welcome to episode three of Yanking Chains, our snarky multiport podcast with Maria, Vince, and Matt. Today we have a special guest that I'm going to let Maria introduce, who has just come, who is, is a big runner and a big cyclist. We're excited to have him here. Okay, great. Um, thanks, Matt. I am super excited to welcome my husband, John Jenkins, to the podcast today. John has been uh, a really important part in my development as an athlete, obviously not just as my husband, uh, and he's the one that really taught me how to dream big, how to talk in the language of can instead of can't. Uh, I wanted to have him on our podcast to talk about his recent win at the Virginia Double Anvil, which is a double iron distance race. So that's 281.2 miles, kiddos. Uh, it's a 4.8 mile swim. Uh, it's a 224 mile bike. Done is 45 laps on an out and back course that's approximately five miles. Um, there's a hairpin turn at each turnaround, uh, so it d definitely takes a lot of mental uh, might to make it through that. And then it ends up with a 52.4 mile run on a slightly over two mile out and back course. So that's 26 laps for those of you counting at home. Um, this was John's third go at the double distance. He's previously done the Florida double anvil twice. Uh, he did it once in 2014 with bronchitis, uh, and he was the fifth place overall. Uh, he did it again last year uh, in 2015 when he placed second overall, and both he and the first place male broke the previous course record, which is pretty cool. Um, he also broke the run course record with a blazing 8-11 run. Uh, that's amazing. Uh, he's currently ranked number one in the U.S. with the IUTA, which is the International Ultra Triathlon Association. Um, but John's like a lot more than just a speedy athlete, and I think this is really why I wanted to have him on the podcast. Those of us that know him well know, you know, much more about his incredible mental strength uh, and his ability to stay positive and his relentless forward motion. Um, people we know have called him the athlete whisperer, they've called him Phenomajon, uh, and my favorite, which I made up during the Virginia Double Anvil, was Beast of the East. Uh, and obviously he's a good friend and a wonderful husband. Um, like I said, I brought him on the show today to talk about his recent win, but not just because he won, although that is certainly incredible, uh, but because he had probably the hardest moments he's ever had in racing. Um, he was really at the edge, like I've never seen him before, and I've crewed him through 100 milers, I've crewed him through previous doubles, uh, and he brought himself to the edge, probably even like a little bit over the edge, uh, but he clawed his way back uh, to finish and also to win. So thanks for joining us today, John. I'm so excited to have you on. Thank you. Thank you. Wow, wow. <laughs> you didn't know that I liked you, did you? <laughs> no, not that much. <laughs> so I guess we can start, you know, maybe if you just want to tell us uh, maybe an overview of your day or maybe how you approached the day at the race, and then we'll, we'll, we'll move from there. Did you get that, John? John? John. I think I wanted to, yeah. Okay. Not working. Yeah. My on there. Yeah, you're on there. Okay. Now. Um, I think when you go into something so long, you have to kind of step back and uh, not try to look at the whole day, and just kind of break it down into little sections. So, uh, you know, for the swim, then out and back, out and back twelve times, and and try to always get to that 
uh, 60% mark. I find that once you get past 60% of it done, it's a little bit more easy to absorb in your mind. And the same thing with a bike. And just try not to think too far ahead in the day and um, keep it in perspective um, where you're at at that moment, not looking beyond that. It's, it's kind of hard to do at first, but um, through patience and experience, you can kind of start to master it a little bit. Okay, great. So that kind of answers the other question we had about like how you deal with so many laps. Because I think you know you and I both having done the Florida one, the question I get the most about that is how do you deal with those laps? So your main thing there is kind of kind of breaking it down. Um, what about like pacing? Uh, pacing, I generally I haven't used too much uh, power in the double yet. I've been basically using heart rate um, because it's so long. Um, and I, I didn't really have a good metric to. Uh oh. Man. <laughs> Where'd you go? <laughs> we lost you, John. John is pacing out the uh, podcast. He really is. I'm not doing anything. I don't know. Yeah. I, I see my voice showing up. Yeah. Okay. You're back in now. You're back in now. Okay. So pacing, like anything in um, any ultra, pacing is key. It's the most important thing, um, being patient and not getting caught up in the uh, little moments where you know, so maybe someone passes you or uh, you feel like you have a little bit more energy than, uh, and you want to ex accelerate. you got to kind of just whoa Nelly all day long, holding back the reins, knowing that uh, you know, the last 25 miles of 100 or the last, you know, 25 miles in a double Ironman are going to be extremely difficult. And um, if you're patient early, you can have less of a miserable day at the end. You want to talk about the miserable day part yet? or? <laughs> I, I, that's fine. I mean, it, it, um, that's fine. It doesn't. So I had GI shut down in the uh, in the double. Am I on there? Yeah. Okay. So my gut shut down, and um, I guess for a few days prior going into the race, I was very very uh, sleep, and um, to be perfectly honest about the whole thing, I just got complacent about the distance and kind of react for it and I still paced on the bike and, and I didn't I didn't your, your connection is definitely not great John so, uh, yeah maybe maybe you need to move to another part of the room yeah maybe maybe move to a different part of the room are you, are you by the window yeah move closer to the door yeah that's a good idea And Hold on, listeners. We're, we're, we're working it out here. I'm trying we're to see if I can tone down the quality and all that stuff, too. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So while John's moving, while John's moving to a different spot, I'll just give the, the listeners some context. He had come in off the bike and uh, started the run, and from the first lap, 
his his gut was starting to to give him issues. Um, obviously, obviously, as you can imagine, at the beginning of a double arm, <laughs> at the beginning of a of a double Ironman with your gut shutting down, it's definitely uh, a little stressful um, to to have that experience. Uh, here he is. Ah, I'm in the corner now. Is was any better. We put Johnny in the corner. <laughs> we got to get him a dunce cap. <clears throat> Does anybody was, sit down better? Yeah, you do. I was just explaining to the listeners, John, how you came in off the bike and uh, you started out on that first lap, you know, and your gut was already starting to shut down. You had you were complaining of feeling hot. You were uh, saying you couldn't breathe. Um, so I was just filling him in on the context. But if you wanted to go back and just kind of talk about, you would beginning, you would started talking about the idea that you'd gone into this race a little complacent. I actually think that's a pretty good lesson. So if you don't mind, maybe going back to that, talk about that. Yeah. Um, well. Like I said, you, after you do a few of these things, you kind of get a little, and I don't want to say cocky. I don't feel like I was cocky, but I felt like I could, you know, I could go, just go do it. Even though I trained and everything, I didn't pay attention to all the little tiny details that I normally would going into a race that meant something to me. Um, and I think in the end that all them little uh, details add up to a better result or a better day or feeling better throughout the day. And, I got complacent. Yeah, I think it affected me, you know, physically. Mentally, I was actually okay. I just couldn't deal with the physical things that were happening to me with uh, hallucinating a little bit and falling asleep while I was running, and I just, I, I just couldn't stay awake. <laughs> Good times. <laughs> yeah. Wow, great. you paid for that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think that happens, though. I mean, I. You know, because you and I have both done, like, a lot of Ironman distance events, and and I think what happens is, you know, at least for me, it seems like, you know, I went and I did my first 50-mile run, and I was like, um, okay, I got the hang of this. And then I went into my next one, and, and I just, I, I have so much experience that you do. You get a little complacent, and you think, all right, I can maybe, like, take the training wheels off of this. And then, and then you realize, well, maybe I shouldn't have. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, there's a lot to that, and it, I guess there's times where you can, I don't know, take the training wheels off and kind of go for it, and just, you know, let it all hang out there. Um, I I think in a way that's kind of what I I thought I was doing, and then immediately I couldn't ride my bike anymore, so to speak. <laughs> I, I couldn't run. I couldn't run, and I had to put them back on. And, yeah. Uh, and it it was humbling, you know, because I just, you know, in my head I was okay. I, I, you know, I was conscious. I knew what was going on. I just, I couldn't couldn't keep myself awake. Um, I was literally seeing like tree branches in front of my head, and I'd be like ducking out of the way, of it, and then and I know they're not there, you know. <laughs> and and uh, I just was having massive, you know. You saw brick air. walls too, right? Yeah, like on the outside of my headlight I would see like you know walls it just it was just a lack of uh, you know nutrition at that point and and I need to sleep so I kind of my body just forced me to go to sleep so that's what I did I went when I came in I went and I took some little naps and I was able to manage to get through a couple more loops and then take down the nap and finally my after enough sleep I guess my body started to feel a little bit better and I had gotten some uh, some different nutrition in me and I was able to hold it in, and it was like, uh, you know, magical, magical stuff. I drank this magic potion, and all of a sudden I was like back to life. <laughs> and I was able to find my run again, and 
um, and finish the race out strong. But the middle middle part of that was middle third of the run was just it was the worst I've ever felt in a race yet. And I don't ever. I'm never. I'm never going back there if I can avoid it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So knowing knowing this story a little bit, I know that Maria was texting me. I think I was like laying on the floor watching TV with Christine, and all of a sudden I start getting these frantic texts. This is the Texas. This is what's going on with John. What the fuck do I do? And so we were like going back and forth with this stuff, and and I think you were you were leading the race for quite a bit of it, and then and then at some point I think you slipped into second place. So when did you slip into second? Is that like when you were really like it deep in the uh, bowels of your yeah, bowels? It was, <laughs> so to speak. Yeah. yeah, it was because uh, actually to back up a little bit on the bike about an hour or two before we got off the bike, it it, it the rain uh, it rained really hard. It kind of broke loose, so it went from like a really warm day to like hot even it was like hot. hot to like really cold. And I think when we all got off the bike especially me because I didn't have a whole lot of time on the bike after it rained. Um, all of our thermal regulation got a little bit mixed up just as it normally would going from the bike to the run and it kind of got uh, a little exaggerated because of that that you know getting being really hot then getting really cold and then then it got hot again and uh, so I know I built up a lot of heat faster than I normally would even though my effort was controlled um, but being such a long day, um, I think it affected all of us. So the other guys were shutting down too. But to answer your question, it was probably pretty far into the run, believe it or not. I, I, had, I had him off the bike by, I think, 45 minutes or an hour. So I had a pretty good lead. Um, I really wasn't worried about what place I was in until I, you know, until I couldn't hold it together anymore. Then I just, it was more of survival mode. And, you know, the, the outcome of the race was just, uh, it was like a gift because... I, uh, after I, you know, had the hallucinations, falling asleep, didn't feel good, puke, and all that, all the, the beautiful things that can come with an ultra. Um, <laughs> after that happened, I, uh, I kind of just chalked it up with, well, I'm just going to finish this thing. No matter what I got to do, I'm going to finish it. And and that and that, that was my goal at that point. Yeah, and I just wanted to add some. So I crewed John for the race, and just to give the crew perspective here, he was pretty much in these dumps, if you will, from a, about 11 p.m. until about 7 a.m. So we're not talking like a few laps here. We're talking like the majority of the run. Um, and when he came off the bike, the guy that was in second actually wound up third, and the guy that was in third off the bike actually wound up coming in second. So it, it was there was a lot of movement between the top three guys. I think they were all going through some really crappy moments. Um, like the guy that wound up in third place overall, he was actually gaining on John. So we thought he was going to overtake him, but he wound up having to go down for a two-and-a-half-hour nap because he was just so crapped out. He was puking, the same, same sorts of things. Um, and so it was, I would say, to, to, to answer your question, it was somewhere in the middle of the night that John dropped into second. But like he said, at that point, the crew, we were all like, we just have to keep him safe and get him to the finish line. You know, because there was a part there, you know, Vince, when I was texting you, I was trying to determine, is he medically unsafe right now? You know, like, like, do I have to, as the crew chief, do I have to pull the plug on this? And like John said, he was totally lucid. There was nothing wrong with him. Uh, he was he was able to, to, to talk to me. He was able to answer my questions. He was just falling asleep. You know, he's just like literally he's walking into the crew area like stumbling. I'm like, maybe sit down. Um, and at one point, I, he's like, I'm going to lay down. I'm like, oh, okay. So I, go, I turn around to go grab his chair. And as I turn around, he's laying down in the mud, curled up with the dog. 
I I remember seeing that picture. I think he tweeted it out. It's like, John's is like totally out, man. Yeah. That's when you need to sleep, you need to sleep. And I I think starting that caffeine too early on the bike, I just caffeine crashed bad and uh, was one of the mistakes. And and it, it, man, when them crashes come, they come hard. And you just, I was looking into the woods and they were, it was all wet and rainy. And I was like, I could just crawl underneath that laurel bush right now and go to sleep. You know? like, no problem. I could, I could, or lay down right in the road. That, that's how tired I was. I've never been like that. I never ever thought, oh, I'm going to go lay down right now in a race. Like, no way. It just, but I got, I got the, I got humbled, and and I, I think that's what I needed at this point, and you know, in my where I've been racing and uh, training and and coaching. I think it helps to have actually experienced this. You know. Yeah. Well, I always walk away from those days, you know, regardless of how they end up. I mean, it worked out. You got it back together and, and, and came back for the win. But, I mean, I just always walk away with, like, so many lessons. And I think that's that's valuable to me because, like, you know, you have so many successes. You don't. I don't think you learn much from that. But when you fail, you, you, you learn a lot. Yeah, definitely. Um, there's I don't there's always a lesson. Uh, so you were talking about taking too much caffeine. I mean, I've done races where, like, I, I pretty much, like, ca- there's caffeine in everything that I take in. And I, so are you talking about, like, because I remember you mentioned something about five-hour energy drink. So in addition to what's in the products, are you talking about starting caffeine too early? Or are you just talking about no caffeine until a certain point? No, I generally don't start caffeine until the second half of the run and pretty wow. much with in, in doubles. Okay. So in, in Ironman, I, I like caffeine around uh, four hours, maybe four and a half hours in on the bike, mile 80, say, somewhere okay. around there. Um, and and from that point on, I continue it in Ironman. Um, and the double, being that you still have a double marathon after the 224-mile bike, um, it's, it's so much longer that you need uh, – well, I mean, maybe some people can tolerate caffeine that long, but um, I can't. And okay. It, I think, it may be also, you know, a combination of taking that caffeine, caffeine in, along with the uh, a little bit harder effort on the bike, um, and then that thermal uh, regulation change that happened with the rain, uh, lack of sleep, all the different variables that I think combined to massive GI shutdown. Stop. <laughs> you know. Um, and it's not one thing. It's it's a combination of them all. But, I, yeah, I can't take caffeine in for more than, like, you know, six hours. At least it, it starts to bother me after wow. that. Because I normally, like, from the moment I get out of the water and I'm on the bike, there's caffeine in everything from start to finish on Ironman. And then last year here, I was doing, you know, the same thing. You know, my bottles, everything in my nutrition had caffeine. And the first time I didn't have it, was uh, was Tahoe, and then I that was the first time that I actually noticed that I didn't have caffeine and was like looking for it. But that was like in the middle of the night when I started getting tired. But yeah, I normally am just from start to finish with some caffeine, and then like in an Ironman, I might go looking for Coke at the end in addition to what's in my bottles. So I don't know. But then again, I'm I'm the type of guy like I can drink coffee and go to bed. So I don't know. Yeah, I can't do that. I- I think there's a huge uh, 
you know, let's face it, coffee or caffeine is, is one of the only legal stimulants that you can use. And if you use it as a stimulant at, at the end of a race or towards the last third of a race, it, it can really give you a boost. Where if you use it all the time, I don't think that you get as much of a benefit from it. Um, no. So if you can kind of cut it out of your life a little bit, yeah, and then... Uh, Vince is pissed. He's never yet. <laughs> Can't tell him not to drink coffee. So I'm gonna I'm gonna have my, my normal my normal dose of caffeine throughout the day and then and then those chocolate covered espresso beans are gonna be for the middle yeah. of the and I won't well, it, It's a personal thing, you know what I mean? I'm not saying what works for you is for you and and, and anything and you know, when you're going long, nutrition is personal and it's it's not a general thing that you can just you know throw out there and every and it works for everybody. It's definitely a personal. Oh yeah, yeah. No, no I was just curious to me because you were you were talking about it yesterday and and I was just thinking, oh, wow, I do caffeine, I do caffeine, but I do caffeine all the time. I don't stop. And I know you guys like periodize your caffeine, or at least you were at one point. Maria was talking about, well, John quits alcohol and and caffeine, and I'm like, fuck that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, they were when I have big big. Uh, Big goals, you know, and um, yeah. I think, uh, you know, I, I remember talking to you about that and, and not drinking and, and you're like, drink if you want. I'm like, well, I think for me in my head at the time, I needed to go all in. For me to have the result that I wanted, I had to go all in and um, and, and that, that worked for me then. You know, now <laughs> I'm a little bit more complacent again, but, um, <laughs> uh, and, and, I, and I'll, you know, I'm not as strict with maybe I can't have a beer here and there and, and, I, and I'm enjoying you know training a little bit more and it's not all just like you know boot camp and regimented and yeah. um, you know, I'm finding enjoyment in that and, and, and I like that about the sport right now where we're at what sort of I think that's mentioned. what it is for me. go ahead Vince I just I, I think that's that's part of it with me too is like everything gets so strict in my life that like I gotta have something I mean you know usually like the training you know the load is is big, and so we, you know, our social life is gone, and you know, I, I get really strict on my diet um, as far as like food. But but I, I gotta have something, you know, like I gotta have like the, the Saturday night cookie. I gotta have coffee. I gotta have my wine. <laughs> I, I can't. I, I'm like I'm not getting paid to do this like a pro or whatever. So I I just I can't take it like that extra five percent or whatever it is. But I just—I mean, I admire you for doing it. I just—I'm like, screw that. <laughs> I'm not doing it. I haven't done it in a while. You know, I, I, that was—that was like when I was trying to get to Kona. You know, that was yeah. like the all uh, whatever I got to do to get to Kona. You know, and, and and then after I got there, I was like, all right, now I can drink beer and have coffee whenever I want and cookies on Saturday night. But yeah, just like you know, you're talking about, I don't care as much, but. Um, I just want I everybody to know that I've been to Kona and I drink wine and drink coffee. You don't have to follow that shit. <laughs> I, just as a yeah, just um, as an add-on to that, though, I do think if you are um, on the edge of qualifying, the the little sacrifices do do add up. Just saying. All right. All right. <laughs> Some of us are not as naturally gifted as others. Whatever, yeah, whatever. <laughs> this is that same fucking conversation about like, like you don't understand. I want to be. I want to be uh, a competitor. I suck worse than you. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, okay. no, no. It's that I want to be. Uh, the people telling me they 
they don't think I understand about being competitive. Like I understand it. <laughs> Matt, ask your question. You got yeah, it. <laughs> so you mentioned being complacent. Um, what and besides having cookies on Saturday nights, what sort of things would you have looking back over the past year or so of training, whatever you did leading up into this? Um, what would you have changed? What would you what would you have been less complacent on? Hmm, uh, that's a good question. Uh, sleep, probably number one. Um, I I used to be very disciplined with my sleep, and lately, in the last year, I've not focused on getting as much sleep. Um, so, How much uh, do you sleep? I I like to sleep eight hours if I can when I'm training heavily, you know, and more if I'm training heavy. But it's hard with you know, obviously, you only have so many hours in the week to work, you know, get dressed. Feed yourself, all the little things we got to do, and uh, and then train. Um, you know, sleep sometimes gets cut, but in knowing now, you know, sometimes I'm better off sleeping in than getting up and doing a workout because I just get more benefit from that rest than I would from just slogging through uh, an hour or two on the bike in the morning. Or an you know, hour long podcast it. at six a.m. Right? <laughs> well, yeah. No, this is this is. This is it's really 9 a.m. I'm in rest season, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> For <laughs> I some of you, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I noticed that as well. Like I, I, I used to, I used to take a nap every day, and that nap has disappeared because like work has filled that void. And and I, and I think you just need to make the time. Like I, I think you can find it. You just need to make it happen. And. And you know, for me, and I just need to—I need to put that back in. I mean, work's going to be there; it's going to pile up no matter what. So I, you know, sneaking in that like twenty-minute nap, I think that was really like helpful for me. Um, and I think, you know, sleep—that's like that's like magic, because <laughs> your body, you know, I mean, it's totally recharging when you're doing that. And and if you're not getting like your your full sleep, I, I think it impacts your training. Especially Matt getting up at five o'clock in the morning to do a podcast. <laughs> well, someone once said, someone uh, a, a former coach of mine said to me one time when I was at the uh, overload period of training and just couldn't get my heart rate up. Everything was going wrong. I felt horrible. And I'm like, what's going on? I mean, I'm like, I just I can't do anything. I suck right now. I was getting close to the race, obviously. And it's like, sleep, sleep equals speed, and and. And it was just as simple as that te uh, email, and it, it, it made, what did I do? I just focused on getting sleep, you know, nailing the nutrition, all the little things, and yeah. the next thing you know, you're recharged and ready to go. We lost you for a second. Are you back? Oh, I said, yeah. oh, I'm sorry. I, I just I, I just feel like like John John's like like in the conjugal visit room or something here you know it's like it, it looks it's just like all dark and gray kind of like he's in a cell or something. I'm to move closer to the door. I gotta move around now. <laughs> too dark here. <laughs> he's like sitting on the floor in our hotel room. I could go in the bathroom. I had no. I had to move out because it was we were getting too much feedback and we were both in the same room. That's uh. why I'm in the. That's why I'm in like the the brick wall layer. In the lodge, you know, like where there, there's a big fireplace roaring or something. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You went, uh, John. Stop moving around. Let's tune in. Uh oh. Yeah, go back to prison, yeah, John. Here you are. Here you are. You're back. All right. I think All we can right. hear you. Prison. Okay. Back All right. Back in prison. <laughs> so I have another question too. Um, on your, about you, John. Always, as a kid. 
Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <clears throat> John, you there? What's that? Okay, stop, stop moving around. Just stay where you are. <laughs> okay, real quick. So how, when, when did you start getting or becoming fast enough uh -oh. to... Uh, you mentioned just finishing this race in first place, which is impressive. At what point in your in your racing career were you able to just finish in first place? <laughs> when were you fast enough to do that? Right, row. Uh oh, that's oh. Uh, there he is. <clears throat> um, do you hear me? Yeah. Okay. Um, I know I finished in first place, so that was kind of a big day for me. I, that's only the second time that's ever happened to me in any race. The only other race that I finished in first place was in an ultra at uh, Peaks uh, Ultra in, in Vermont, and I technically got first place male, but I was beat by a female who had won the race overall. Uh, yeah. <laughs> wow, shit. <laughs> Maria, Maria just, Maria, Maria, yeah, yeah. Um, but Larissa she Danny. also got like a, yeah Larissa Danny. She also got second place at uh, incredible. What uh, Leadville or Western States last year? So that was easy. Uh, he had to add that in there because it's pride. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that sting you feel is pride. But even she beat me. She beat me on her on, on her worst day. She's she's awesome. But yeah, um, she's incredible. So it, it, I, I never fast. I've worked very hard. Now, I, that that that's. So I'll say, in order for me to go fast, I have to work very hard. And I don't, um, I'm not some just, I do put in a lot of work to, to maintain um, fitness and to try to go fast and be competitive. And uh, but it's not like some, you know, it's like uh, Vince and Ray were talking about there, you know, what will, will, you know, I want to be competitive. What do I got to do? And it's, well, you got to do everything you can do to, to go fast. And um, or to be all around sleep, nutrition, the proper training and in proper intensities, heart rate, all the different metrics that, that come along with being successful. It wasn't just like overnight I woke up and, and uh, was leading a race. You know, it, 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 it's, been a, uh, it's been an education of, of years of experience. Yeah, and, and I see. Yeah, that's the key. Is like people people jump in and they and they want like overnight excess. I mean, you've been doing this. I mean, when did you do your first Ironman? Uh, twelve ten, two thousand ten. Uh, Ironman Lake Placid. And and what were you doing before that? I know you were you've been a runner for a while too, right? Yeah, I always run. Um, and I did a lot of uh, I rode in in high school and college and uh, always. Just try, I rode on the beach patrol when I was uh, on Brigantine Beach Patrol. Uh, so I always kind of did something, you know. Then there were some years there where I, like, followed the Grateful Dead around and ate pizzas <laughs> and it didn't really, didn't really do too much and got a little bit big. So that was a different time, too. But we don't really want to talk about that right now. I think Those were the early days. Maria's fast, too, and she followed the Grateful Dead around, so the key is you got to follow a band around. That's yeah. the key. It helps when you hallucinate during the ultra. You have experience. <laughs> You're already like, oh, I've been here before. No big deal. Oh, I, this is nothing. I can handle this. <laughs> You're hallucinating on the trail. Have you ever done mushrooms? <laughs> yeah, but... Uh, uh, yeah, no, so always kind of did something, you know, uh, and maintained 
you know, even if it wasn't like super fitness, I'd always be hiking in the woods when I used to hunt and fish and just being outside as much as possible, surfing, skiing, all, all the different things. I think I think the the specific stuff like you know running and and biking you know and then you know putting in the years of consistent training you know that leads into this and so well I guess the next question is so you've got another one you got another double coming up are you yeah. going to are you going to go into that reserved or are you going <clears> to <throat> kind of like retool sharpen up get faster and and uh, and maybe kind of go for it again. Um. Well, I'm gonna go for it. <laughs> I'm gonna go for it. Um, but there's a. So there's we're gonna a, have another podcast with John where uh, John digs uh, a deeper hole. Stay tuned. No, hopefully not. That's not. Um, I plan on recharging, just like you said, taking some time away from uh, the disciplines of in and out everyday training, and I need that right now. I've been. I've done a lot this year. A couple hundreds, a couple doubles. And it's time to take a rest. And my body, except for tomorrow, where I get to run 40 miles with Maria and you uh, at Havelina. But <laughs> after that, I promise I'm taking a rest. Um, but no, I'm going to try to go for it. There's a there's a couple guys. One guy in particular that's like definitely faster than me on his worst day, and he's doing the race. Um, but I I don't know. We'll see how it goes. I'll do my best. That's all you can do, right? Yeah. Exactly. I would think, John, you're going to take what you learned from Virginia and apply it to Florida, right? No, absolutely. I, that, what happened in Virginia um, is not going to happen again. I mean, I, hopefully. <laughs> but as <laughs> far as words. I learned more in that race, even though the outcome was good. Um, I learned more in that race than... Um, the races that I've had better races where it just was easy. I mean, yeah, I've never felt like not not easy, but just like I can run, so I'm going to run, and I'm not going to stop running until I cross the finish line. And um, I couldn't run. I just it wasn't like I, I didn't want to. I wanted to run. I was trying to run. I just couldn't run. I was out of nutrition. I was dehydrated. My gut was hurting. You know, and you're dry heaving, and I just couldn't put it together. And like. Well, what do I do now? You know, and 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 that's when uh, I well, it got to the point where I just had to go to sleep. So anyway, I'm not going to back up to that. I just I I don't want that ever happen to me again. I'm going to do everything I can do to not let it happen to me again. And that means taking the steps um, through proper nutrition and in, in in training every day, doing the same, using the same nutrition, not trying caffeine at uh, you know eight hours into a twelve hour bike. Um, you know, unless you want to do that, then you got to practice it. But I didn't, and it bit me, and it it hurt. I've actually been practicing putting my stomach kind of in a sideways state because I I want to I want to feed off the course more, and and I want to carry less stuff. And and so with that, I think you know you're like okay, well I come into this aid station and they've got you know Ahama's you know tortilla wrap or whatever, you know, and that's and that's like more calories at once than than I would normally take because I normally just kind of nurse bottles with liquid nutrition, and and so I've been doing runs where like I stop at a you know store and I grab something and I intentionally like kind of put too much in and then and then kind of like okay I know what this state feels like I know that I don't feel good but I'm still moving 
you know, it's it's the beginning of it, and then kind of like working through it, like okay, I can't take too much liquid in, but I need to take liquid in, and kind of working through that, and I seem to be kind of practicing that and just getting used to what that feels like. I mean, that's that's just me because I I've had issues and you know trying to trying to kind of convert over to the coarse food more. So we'll see. I'll let you know after tomorrow. <laughs> me too. Yeah. Um, yeah. Hey, while while we're on the subject of uh, talking about dealing with bad feelings and working through it. Uh, we actually have a question from Kelly John um, Kelly Chang and he, he had actually texted me this morning and he wanted to know that or he wanted to ask you when the wheels are coming off at what point do you cross the line of being able to come back from it versus passing the point of no return and he also was curious how can you be objective enough to realize either way when it's happening so he's, he, he's kinda of asking like, what do you do like how do you know when you're pushing to the edge or if you've gone too far, and, and how do you try to recognize what's happening? Well, okay. So I think there's there's kind of like two questions in there, but yeah, there if, is. If, if it's about intensity and you're and you know the simple question or answer is slow down. Yeah. You know, whatever you're doing, slow down. Um, that that that's the first thing there. So if it's like too hard and you're getting overwhelmed and everything's going off the rails, slow down. Yeah, and all kinda, problems can be solved by slowing down. Yeah. <laughs> Slow down. Maybe eat something, drink something, depending on where you're at in your feed cycle. Um, but first thing I would do is slow down and then and do a self-assessment. And it, 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 you know, it's kind of a general question, depending on what race you're in or what you're doing. I would, I like to do a, a toe-to-head evaluation um, about exactly the feelings that I'm feeling at the time. So, you know, a lot of times I think in my head that it's, you know, things are going horrible, I'm not doing good, I, I think I'm going to die, I feel horrible, oh my God. And then when you step back and you really are honest with yourself, like, okay, my legs are tired, and it's hard to breathe right now, and I'm a little hot, but I'm not dying, everything's fine, I can, I can, I can hold on to this. And then you kind of like, oh, well, you know, step back and, just, and, and be honest with yourself about the true feelings that you're feeling. And if it is overwhelming and you are feeling horrible, and you truly feel like you're dying, then slow down, or stop, or take a break, or, you know, get more face uh, in your hat, and take all the little preventative measures that you, the, uh, the signals that your body's trying to tell you, and relay you, and, um, and your mind. Sometimes the mind is telling you the right signals, and it all depends on the situation, but um, I like that, I think that toe-to-head evaluation is um, a pretty good uh, tip or trick along with just slowing down. Um, getting through the, the uh, I think when you, uh, when you do them too, you can get through them moments, um, especially if you uh, uh, are honest about how, what you're feeling and not letting your head take control of it off a little bit. Um, I think there are things that I've, I've worked on and I'm still working on. I haven't figured it all out, but um, that's when you get in them situations and, and you and you rally through them and don't uh, listen to the little demons that are on your shoulders telling you to stop and you can quit and nah, you don't have to do the last 20 miles and, and you know, eat the demons that are on your shoulders and don't listen to them and, and keep, keep fighting, keep grinding. You know, to Kelly's question, I don't think there's, I don't think there is a point of no return. I mean, well, 
I, I think what happens is, is if you don't recognize the things that are coming up, you know, then then they start to accumulate, and then you get into this situation where there's so many things going on that like you can't pick it apart, you know, for like an individual thing. But if you, you know, like I like I was saying about like putting myself in a situation where where like I do have too much food in my belly, if you're doing it intentionally and you're not under, you know, you know the load of being 12 or how many hours into a race, you can kind of pick up on the symptoms of things. And then when you're in that situation in a race, you can kind of see things a little sooner than later. I think it's just practice. You know, Matt and I have talked about this where, like, you, you just got to put yourself in situations that are, you know, as hard or harder if possible. I mean, it's going to be hard to put yourself in a situation that's harder than double Ironman. But <laughs> but you can... Yeah, but, I mean, for, but for like, an Ironman, you know... You're not going to do an Ironman, you know, on your weekend, you know, to prep for an Ironman. But you certainly can go out there and, and do like an, you know, an over-distance swim, and an over-distance bike, and pair that up with a run. And by the end of that, to really like develop some problems that you're going to see in a race, you know, especially if you, you know, if your nutrition's off, you do a nine-hour workout, you know, you go do an hour and a half swim and, you know, and a seven-hour bike and, you know, you start running off that and you figure out that, you know, the transition time between those two, you know, you could be really lengthy into it. If you've got a nutrition problem, it's going to start showing up at the end. When you get on that run, you're going to know it. So then you go, all right, I got to retool this. I got to figure out what, what went wrong and you can go back and you can do that again. I don't know how you do that for a double, John. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> You're just screwed. <laughs> really long weekends. Yeah. Weekends. Um, can, can we go into that on how much? For yeah. at least I'm, I'm yeah. curious. Yeah. How much are you a lot training? Of experimentation. For I, I know he dialed back his swim volume, right, Maria? Yeah. Um, I think I think John, you're breaking up a little bit. Uh, so I'll just kind of fill in here until he. Yeah he joins us back in again. Um, in terms of how much training you're doing leading up to a double, I think it kind of depends like where you're at. Like, you know, I did my first double last March. Well, my first and only at this point. Um, but I was so focused on being able to handle that long of a bike that, you know, I did a 12-hour trainer ride, and John has done that sort of stuff too. Now going oh, into... That has, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's... Oh, that's no fun. Yeah. I know. I know. It's not, it's not any fun. Uh, it wasn't any fun. But I know, like, John did a lot of that going into Virginia as well. I would say, you know, going into this third double, he was probably um, the most bike training he's ever done. He did that uh, really long race down in North Carolina. Um, he, it was he did a 24 hour mountain bike, right? Yeah, yeah. He didn't. He didn't go the. He didn't go full 24 hours. I think he did 17 hours, 18 hours, something like that. John, can you hear us? I don't know what's going on with his connection. Our hotel room must be the vortex. You know? <laughs> um, but yeah, he did a 286 mile ride as part of that 24 hour uh, that 24 hour race. And oh, there he is. Yeah, hey, he's back. I don't know what he got. Yeah, it would like kick me off for a minute. Oh, okay, okay. Well, I was just I trying. To yeah, fill I heard. People. Okay, good. Why don't you pick up then? I'm sure, people want to hear it from you, not from me. Oh, yeah, I'm here twice. Oh. But, uh, <laughs> it's like the Matrix. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of Johns. Sorry, everybody listening to this. Hey. Um, traveling and doing podcasting is a little bit tricky. Hey! Hey! Am I on here? 
Sort of. Yeah. Can you hear us? What's going on? Well, so I hear you. Okay, okay so good. for talking. your for this one, I know you said you dialed down the the swim, and and I'm assuming you bike and run focused. Are you gonna are you gonna focus more on on one or two or three? You know, for the next one. And right. there we go. Yeah. Um, I would uh, definitely continue my swim. As you know, I swim for double Ironman, Ironman. My swim volume is about the same. Um, I just don't find that if I go swim, uh, you know, 15,000 yards versus 20,000 yards, that my swim time changes that much. You know, okay. I need that. So, um, but the bike, um, I, I think I'm going to actually back down on the volume and up the intensity because what's happening is I'm doing these long slogging rides that I don't feel like I'm getting a tremendous amount of benefit from at this point where I might be better off doing a six-hour Ironman intensity bike or maybe even a little bit above that um, for the double that versus just going and doing a 12-hour ride at you know 180 watts or 170 watts, whatever. Um, and as far as the run, I, 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 it doesn't change a whole lot between Ironman and double. Um, I don't find that much benefit after, um, you know, if I run 50 miles a week or I run 70 miles a week or I run 100 miles a week, I'd, I haven't noticed a tremendous uh, difference in the outcome in my races. Um, I actually felt a little bit better when I ran a little less miles. Um, I think after you run that distance enough, I mean, I, this isn't for everybody, and I'm not. I'm just making general yeah. statements. For me, you know, some people need to run that much. Um, maybe they need to run that much for their head. And maybe they need yeah. to run that much for their fitness. I, I don't know. But for me, I don't. You know, I want to do as little amount of training to go as fast as I possibly can, and that's my goal. You know, and this way you have the least amount of risk for injury and you have the most amount of time for recovery. And um, there are things that I like, so, and I don't like injury. So, yeah. Um, so uh, that's what I guess what I would say about the double. I think, too, John, your experience in endurance sports is probably pretty important with that training strategy. You know, the fact that you've done, what, now four, five, six hundreds? How many hundreds have you done? I think I would know the answer to this. Five. Five. Yeah, so I think that that, and, and countless 50s, right? Like, I mean, probably maybe 10 of those, if you count the 50s you run in the doubles plus, you know, some of the yeah, other ones you've done. Yeah, so I think that that plays a role with your lower run volume too. Um, but I think what John's saying about, you know, once you have a certain base and you have a certain experience at a certain base, adding in some of that, some of that intensity again can really, I think, make, make a difference. Um, yeah. Oh, well, it, we were just talking it, about that. It. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh no, we were just talking about that. Where I feel like you know, I was saying I was actually thinking of of doing a marathon and and training for a marathon to sharpen up because uh, I mean I know I can run a hundred miles and I know I don't need to train you know running long, slow you know fifty milers or sixty milers or whatever in preparation for that. And and what I find you know, and we've talked about this with running for ultras. 
I, I think there's a lot of benefit to doing like back-to-back -back hard runs. You know, so to your point about you know how you would train, I would think maybe doing back-to-back -back hard Ironman bikes would probably be more beneficial to you because you know you can ride the 200 and what is it, 224 ridiculous miles. Algebra. <laughs> <laughs> I actually did that this year, Vince. Uh, I did do back-to-back -back centuries. Um, yeah. Or or I do I did like a couple. Uh, it, it was. I think there was some benefit there for sure, um, and most of them were outside and not on the trainer. So I did push a little bit more than maybe if I was just sitting on the trainer by yeah. myself. Um, and it made it a little bit more uh, enjoyable as far as you know being on your bike for twelve to fifteen hours over the weekend. Um, you know, it, it can get old after like one weekend. <laughs> so you know, it's it's hard to stay engaged. I just for me, there seems to be at least at this point in my athletic career, there seems to be more benefit to doing you know slightly faster back to back stuff. Um, but then we were talking about you know Maria was saying yesterday about how she you know she's not as fast as she was, and and that's kind of the other point to me like maybe thinking about doing a marathon is that I think I actually need to even come back to that distance and and sharpen up again. It was something that I was doing in Ironman. So at the end of the season, I would always run like a late season marathon so that I could sharpen back up and then, because you're just going to slow down training for an Ironman. I mean, you're not going to slow down significantly, but when you start training for 100, you start slowing down a lot. You really I mean, do. Like, like I run a nine-minute mile, and I'm like, woo, running a nine-minute mile, which, you know, <laughs> is fast for some people, but, you know, for a guy who's got a sub-three-hour marathon, you know, it's, it's not that fast. So I think... Uh, I think I will, you know, and I'm just trying to figure it out like everybody else, but I think I'm going to sharpen up if, you know, if I don't get into this stage, if I don't get into this stage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If I get into states, then I will continue. Yeah, if I get into states, through running a marathon, I'm just quitting my job. I'm going to train for states. <laughs> I will love my 14-minute miles if I get into states. It's fine. <laughs> what was that? I will love my 14-minute miles if I get into states. It's totally fine. <laughs> Uh, I I think you can. Uh, either, am I there? Yeah, yep, you're here. here. Oh, okay. You know, it, it's all matter. Like you said, if it, if you want to run fast, then run fast. I I I I like both. I like kind of mixing it up and then taking it in uh, in like little chunks. Like I'm going to train for this distance, you know, for six months, and then train for Ironman for the next. And and it kind of like breaks it up and uh, breaks up the intensity and. Um, you know, I didn't do a lot of back-to-back -back long runs. I'll be honest. I, I tried them, and that didn't work for me so much. But I did uh, do some, you know, my long runs, as as you know, we all do that you know, training for ultras. But I didn't respond too well from back-to-backs. Or let me just say, I didn't feel like I, when I did do them, that it it made any big difference, um, except, you know, for me, over fatiguing my my muscles and and being closer to injury. But that's just that's for me. Again, it's another personal yeah. thing. Not everyone responds the same. Great. Do you want to ask some of these? We have some questions here that are non-racing. We're going to up to the end of our time, too, so okay. real quick. We have yeah. some sort some fun of questions. some fun where, questions. Uh, where are those? Where are those? Yeah, where are those the, questions? In the dock. Oh, oh, sorry. <laughs> I thought we were getting them from, from our listeners. Or oh, something. I don't know if we have any more. Maria was monitoring. Then. No, I am monitoring. I don't. Wah, wah, wah. Only Kelly's question. Only Kelly. That's okay. And we thank um, Kelly for your question. Thank you, Kelly. <laughs> so one of my one of mine is 
I'm smiling. It's not that funny. But what are you running from? Do you did you always run, or what are you? What what are you running away from? Maria. Maria. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll move on from that. No, um, I'm just kidding. I uh, I don't know. I find a lot of. Uh, I used to scuba dive, and 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 I and when I used to scuba dive, I, people would say, well, like, why do you scuba dive? And I'd say, well, when you get down, you know, to the bottom of the ocean, and you're looking around a, a, at a wreck or a reef or whatever you're looking at, and there's no ringing phones, and there's there's no way for anybody to get a hold of you, and it's just you and your breath. And uh, I I have a little problem with my ears now, and I can't do that anymore, but I can still run, and it's the same thing when you're out running and you're in the woods. Or wherever you're at, it's just you and your breath, and there's no ringing phones unless you have your phone with you, which you shouldn't bring. Um, it, it's just it's just you and and yourself, and and um, and that's what I enjoy most about you know that time um, with you and yourself, and 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 or in your own head, and uh, and your breath, and, I, and that's what I enjoy about it, and that's what I guess what I'm running to, maybe not from. I like that. That's a great answer. Um, do you have any favorite food indulgences? That you pizza. pizza, pizza. I like pizza. I like pizza. <laughs> I could, I could probably just you know, uh, go into competitive eating and just eat pizza and. and go, uh, <laughs> that, I killed that, the rest that. of my pizza when I got back to the room last night. Pizza's <laughs> good. Yeah. Stuff. <laughs> I was, we we're sitting at the table last night and I was looking at that pizza. I'm like, oh, that pizza's huge, and you know, and I ate like you know, three thirds of it or whatever, and I got back to I just kept going and going and going. It's gone. <laughs> I, I like think I'm going to have for breakfast. <laughs> so we, we also heard last week that you have chickens, I believe. Is that correct? Yeah. Yep. yep. Do you got, eat uh, your seven. chickens or just steal their eggs? <laughs> oh. I just, I just steal their eggs. I, I, uh, okay. I haven't eaten chicken since uh, after Kona 2012 was the last time I ate meat in November. Um other than I've had, I have had some fish. I do eat fish occasionally, um, but very, very rarely. I'm kind of just going with a plant-based diet right now. That's uh, been working pretty good, and I like it. Good, mm -hmm. good, good to hear. All right, any other questions, guys? Not for me. All right, that's thanks, John. I wish, I wish we had a round of applause. Do you, do you any sound effects, Maria? Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Kind of goes well. <laughs> All right. No, no, that's that. <laughs> well, good luck. You guys race tomorrow. You guys race um yeah, tomorrow, right? Yeah. Yeah, Halloween 100 yeah. tomorrow. Yeah. We'll have to have a our next one. Will have to be about about the race um report. Okay. Um, yeah. Good right. luck, guys. That's so yeah. for everyone out there, our next one will be coming out, our next podcast will be coming out in two weeks, um, same time, same place. We do these Friday mornings at 6 a.m. Um, 9 a.m. Eastern. 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. <laughs> Pacific. <laughs> and good luck tomorrow, you two. Thank you. And Thank we you so will much. see you in two weeks. Bye. Woo! Thanks, Thanks, everybody. See ya. Jane, 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 Jane,